0: this episode is brought to you by geolog geolog is a surface logging service company with nearly 300 units working right now worldwide if you value specific data while drilling and looking for your best results and the best pay you have get a hold of geolog today this year pbe podcast was live with geolog at their golf charity event in houston we got to sit down with zach lou a geoscientist teaching us all about CCUS, carbon capture, carbon utilization, carbon storage, CCUS. Enjoy the show. Three, two, one, let's, let's go! go! Happy seeking a Mile. This is Troy Tittlemeyer with the PBE Podcast, sitting down on the backside of registration right now at the Geolog Charity Golf Tournament. All the proceeds from this tournament go to all kinds of different things about uh, school, STEM, right? Science and technologies around here in Houston and uh, education stuff. So they, they send a lot of that money going over there. Zach Lou is sitting down with us today and we're about to get into his story a little bit. Um, happy Cinco de Mayo, man.
1: Happy Cinco de Mayo,
0: toy. <laughs> now, what is Cinco de Mayo to you? What is it? What is this?
1: Oh well I actually that's uh, that's something new concept I I, I I learned when I moved to Texas. Uh, well I, what about, I don't stand is a a good festival. Everybody trying to have fun I and mean, celebrating <laughs> the, the the Mexican Tex Tex Mexican culture and uh, yeah and uh, and having a lot of golf and uh, drink and barbecue <laughs> and
0: all that good stuff. It's just a good day. It May, is a good
1: day. Amazing May, weather today.
0: Uh, May fifth. Well, humidity's uh, escalating. I don't know how how long you've been in Houston.
1: Since 2008, that has been oh about my 15 years.
0: Gosh. Okay. So yeah, you're accustomed to this. Like your body is physically changed. I think to absorb this humidity, different than mine. I feel it. I'm sweating over here. I'm feeling that humidity, and it's still in the morning. It's like crisp to you.
1: Ah, uh, it's it's humidity, but hey, we are we are here. I mean, uh, we're outside. It's not raining, so <laughs> that's good enough for me.
0: Look. Now that we have the hats off, we can, get, uh, we can get serious. Encouraging quotes and messages to fuel your life with positive energy, positive energy. Not to take away the fact that everything in the universe has negative energy, everything has an energy. You can't have the positive without the negative, right? So I'm, it's not trying to say, look, it's just rose-colored glasses for the rest of our lives, just stay positive. No, there's negative things that happen and you learn from those and if you can accomplish getting through the failures or the mistakes and turn those into steps and continue the climb towards the success or to continue the climb to staying positive, I think that's, you know, there's something there. Do You agree?
1: I do, I do. I think, um, <clears throat> I think for, for folks working in the oil and gas industry like us, I think uh, that's the right mentality. So there's a lot of up and downs in the, in the industry. If you want to survive in this industry long-term, you gotta stay positive, and uh, especially when the times are hard.
0: Man, yeah. All right, I like that. So I just randomly opened it up to this page. It says, believe, read, and repeat. I expect great things to happen today. I trust in God's plan for my life. I accept all the love, joy, abundance, and success in my life. I accept all the people who want to work with me and benefit from my gifts and talents, every day I'm getting stronger, healthier, and better. That was pretty cool. I, uh, that
1: was, a, was very, very impressive.
0: You like that, huh? I do, yeah. Thank you. Okay, here's, one, here's a short one, and then we'll get started with your, your story. You ready? Don't chase success. Don't chase success. Decide to get better every day. Do great work, and success will find you.
1: That's... That's a really good quote.
0: <laughs> that book's awesome, man. <clears throat> Hundreds of pages of that stuff. You can't go wrong. Every time I pick it up, I'm like, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to run through a wall right now.
1: Yes. Keep you fired <laughs> up. <laughs> All right, good book.
0: Zach Lou. Please tell me where are you from? Let's get into the conception part of the show. Who is Zach Lou? All
1: right. Um. I I was born in China. Uh, I actually, born where there was a very big natural gas field. Uh, when I was growing up, we we ride in bus uh, powered by natural gas, not diesel, not gasoline, but natural gas with a big balloon on top of it. Uh, in retrospect, that was not probably the safest bus to ride. But <laughs> that's what we did. Wow. Um, yeah, I I joined the industry right after I, I finished uh, college in 2002. So I started with Shalamaji. I worked for them for a couple of years really yeah. so you went to college in, in china i went to college in china i studied electrical engineering that was a long long time ago when i was smarter <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> then i joined slumberj i uh, worked for them for a few years then i came to us to ut austin uh, studied the petroleum engineering uh get my oh, master cool. there uh, then i i started working for another company in the oil industry called the pathfinder uh, energy services, did a bunch of LWD, MWD, um, drilling and okay.
0: petrophysics. Really? Yes. Uh, petrophysical tools that are all in the MWD or petrophysical tools that are wireline Triple combo stuff. What kind of petrophysics are we talking?
1: Um, for the for that company I worked for, it was an exclusively logging while drilling, so okay. within in the BHA. But I uh, in my career, I work on both wildland and uh, and LWD as nice. well. Uh, yes,
0: nice. Let's rock it back. What did your parents do for a living when you were growing up? My dad is a teacher.
1: My ah. dad teaches uh, uh, philosophy, actually, really? in 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 basically high school there. Yeah,
0: really, my he's ma- a philosopher.
1: Well he likes to think that way, but no nah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like his philosophy is what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh but philosophy is an interesting thing, man. Your your ability to uh to to approach a problem, your philosophy in I have this problem, I have all these anomalies in front of me, and how are you accepting that data in and how is it influencing you to start stacking information to make decisions, right? Uh, Your philosophy for problem solving is incredibly, incredibly important. And I think philosophy is, you know, it's awesome, man. Your dad, I would love to get your dad on the show one day, break into it.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he likes to talk. He's a teacher. I mean, he can keep on talking for hours and hours <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, awesome. I, I, until we, we got sick of listening to him. And <laughs> now
0: you have brothers and sisters, too?
1: <laughs> Not really. I'm the only child in my family. OK. You know, yeah, I'm the only fa-
0: child in my family. All right, man. So you get through. Uh, talk to me about electrical engineering. What is electricity? Just simplify it as 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 as. Simple as you can make it. What is electricity? What do you do as an electrical enge- engineer? Uh,
1: actually, when I study electrical engineering, we study more like the electronics. So it's more about controlling the chips, uh, programming, uh, rather than the general electricity where you power your um, your, your appliance, your houses, things like that. Ah. So I'm more specialized uh, in controlling the chips, uh, doing algorithm using computer, using uh, computer chips, things like that. So wow.
0: So you have like your electricity source is solid. You're putting something in between where the electricity is coming in. It needs to make something work and do like the chip needs to make a switch or do something.
1: Exactly, just like the control, right? I mean, think about the things that you have on your phone. You think about things on your uh, on your uh, fridge and um, in your car, right? There's all kinds of control it needs to do with microchips, and someone needs to learn how to make them. Someone needs to learn how to program them. That's what I learned in college. That kind of a bridge me into where I entered the oil and gas industry, I entered to uh, work for Schlumberger actually making their wireline logging tools to Whoa. help them with the wireline logging, to control the tool, uh, to make the, the, the software, process the data. Really? Uh, that's where I kind of entered the industry in a pretty unique angle.
0: <laughs> really? When a wireline tool is running, like a gamma ray neutron density, resistivity, sonic, you know, we have FMI, we have all these tools that we can run, right? When it's running from bottom hole to top, is it saving all that information in itself, or is it sending it up the wire line?
1: Well, I'm, I'm very impressed, though, with the Choi, your understanding about the login part. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I mean, I, I, I do petrophysics for almost 20-something years, so I'm... I'm I, yeah, I have met people who have very little understanding about how the logging actually works, and are, also for people who have worked in the industry, but I'm very impressed with your knowledge on oh, that. So right, uh, yes, they, when when they do the logging uh, for wireline tool, most of the information is actually transferred through the wire, right? Wow. That's why you call it wireline, uh, to the to the acquisition system in the logging track. But there are certain tools which can be run on SIG line, can be run with a memory mode, so they can store the data in, in the tool and then just dump the data while the tool is get on the surface. Yeah. Obviously for logging while drilling, then most of the data was stored in the tool because there is a limitation on the speed of the telemetry between the tool and the surface. Uh, so they only transfer necessary data in real time, and most of the data will be stored in the tool ah. and later dumped to the, to the computer system.
0: Okay, so you can pick and choose what's coming live. So when you're in the logging truck and you're going through your pay section and you really want to see what NMR is doing, you run it and you go, hey, let's rerun it real quick. And they drop the tool, you rerun it, and you're seeing that in real time.
1: Yeah, you can see some of them real time. Uh, for FMI, I believe you need a little bit post-processing to see the data is a little bit better. Yeah, uh, yeah, um,
0: they, there is a lot of processing in that There's
1: one. a lot of process, a lot of engineering. So for whoever listening out there wants to do high-tech, wants to do programming, wants to do all the computer stuff. And there, there is definitely that space uh, for, for for those of you who uh, wants to do that, do that in oil and gas industry.
0: Nice. There's jobs available for that, huh?
1: Uh, yes, actually, uh, from what I heard, that um, uh, the oil industry is actually competing with the tech industry for this type of talents, right? Because currently, yeah. the tech industry getting all the computer engineer, hardware right. engineers, right? Uh, but there's definitely the need, um, especially in the service companies, uh, to to have the hardware engineer, uh, software engineer to help them to make all the equipments, uh, algorithms they yeah. need for the for the for the equipments.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that there's a competition there, right? Because the 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 uh, the equipment that you're talking about and the knowledge that you're talking about, uh, and you separate it from oil and gas or energy industry and tech industry, but what's the difference? Why why wouldn't the tech industry be all about making uh, a, like an effort to make it a lot more efficient to get energy? Tech ener- energy tech industry should incorporate oil and gas and geothermal carbon sequestration all those things should be very important to the tech industry because that's where the energy is coming from it's weird i mean is the tech industry more about like uh making people's computers work better so they can play video games or like what is the tech industry like what's their what's their purpose it's not to get energy because they're they're taking away talent from the energy industry it sounds like What's, what's their purpose? What's the tech That's purpose? a
1: That's a very good question. I think when I say tech industry, I think mainly is the IT industry for the most oh, okay. part, right? They started uh, mostly from the Silicon Valley, the information technology, most of the company having their roots from the previous uh, the internet boom Um, that's where they're coming from so their specialty is is basically information technology computers internet servers cloud all the things i see i see and and they actually they they use energy um they they play a very big role in the in advance of a quality of life for everybody you know who play also a very important role in advancing the quality of life in the human history the energy industry right and Creating energy, transporting energy, and use energy is hard. It takes it takes years, years to to build the technology, to build the infrastructure. Yeah. and that's what the in, in the uh, energy industry, natural gas, coal. I mean, the future nuclear um, geothermal and um, and CCS to some extent, wind and solar industry. Right. What we are here to do, right, is to provide the energy, uh, reliable, uh, cheap, uh, accessible. For everybody to to maintain the quality of life and uh, even enhance the quality of life
0: Yeah. yeah yeah i mean isn't it interesting that the the core of our earth for example right has enough energy in it to power the planet and we're just this little you know very insignificant thing on that scale of energy and we're like man we need to get it more reliable we need to get it cheaper we need like how have we not unlocked this incredibly abundant ball of energy that we live on where energy is truly sustainable and free you know what i mean how is it how we not got there yet are we getting close uh, I, think,
1: I think you're referring to geothermal energy. Uh, actually, I had some experience in geothermal energy. Uh, I worked on a Criterion Energy Partners. Uh, we, we worked with them for a couple of months, and we were trying to develop a venture and that, that part. So I can say a little bit about geothermal energy. So in my opinion, geothermal energy it is going to be the future. It's going to be very promising. Uh, um, but the hard part is getting deeper well is hard and mm-hmm. it is expensive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when you get deeper, the, the, the cost of drill per foot increased uh, dramatically, and also that the amount of energy you can actually extract from the, from the well actually uh, become harder because the rock, the porosity gets smaller, uh, so you cannot produce uh-huh. as much fluid as you would otherwise be able to, to do, so uh, uh-huh. it's get, just getting harder and more expensive. Uh, I think so, there's a there's a potential um, for the enhanced geothermal system, uh, if carbon with the horizontal drilling, hydraulic fracturing, um, nice. some people have a closed loop to eventually uh, make it cheaper. So there's there's hope there. It takes S- a little bit of time.
0: So the geothermal industry is kind of waiting around for the fracking industry to come over and start helping them frack and, and get uh, get permeability and porosity opened up for those hot fluids to, to come more efficiently to those wells.
1: Yes, uh, I think the... the, the unconventional fracking uh, is going to play a very big role in advancing the geothermal in the near future. Yes,
0: man. Have you heard of kin frack? It's a revolutionary way to make a fracture. They use kinetic energy.
1: I have not. Sorry about that.
0: Oh, it's awesome, man. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll look them up. It's really cool. You circulate fluid down the tubing and up the annulus and that fluid has CO2 in it. So it's a compressible fluid. And when you just sit there and circulate that fluid over and over and over and then when you get your tool in place, you close two valves boom boom and that rapid stop to the fluid it can't go up the annulus and it can't go up the tubing and all that compressible fluid the co2 just pow and it just makes this incredibly 10 times or who knows how much stronger it's going to be it's only patented no one's actually done this yet it's still if people are investing in it they're trying to build the first prototype but man, that one could make a big difference for the geothermal folks. Well, people come up with a
1: lot of good, uh, good ideas, new ideas about geothermal. I mean, drilling uh, closed-loop wells and like the Connecticut uh, geothermal wells. Uh, I think there's a lot of good new ideas out there. So there's that people need to invest money to test it to you know, all of, before you do that. You probably want to have a good uh, engineering analysis or right? simulation to, to vet it out before you invest millions of dollars to do a prototype of that. But yeah, there's a lot of good new ideas of trying yeah. to tap into geothermal.
0: So what do you do now? How do you, so you go from college, you do all this wireline <laughs> petrophysics, you got an electrical engineering degree. You got a petroleum engine engineering, petroleum engineering, Petrol engineering, yes. Sheesh. I mean, you just get it. Physics is like your backyard you just live in a different dimension almost you're calculating the space in this room already <laughs> you know your exits like you plan out everything ahead you, you just mathematically see everything that's cool it's really interesting how do you get into what you're doing today and what are you doing today
1: right i mean hey i can i can do a lot of things but seems i cannot get my golf ball to go straight but <laughs> 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 (laughs) All right. Uh, What I do now, uh, my background, as I said, petroleum engineering, I also have a geology background. So what I do now is uh, I work for a company. We do carbon capture and storage. Actually, I do a company who does biofuel. So they produce ethanol from uh, from corn. And in the process, uh, they produce a very low carbon intensity ethanol. And we capture the CO2 from the ethanol production. And we find a good... Uh, underground deep seeding uh, aquifers to inject the CO2 underground to store the CO2. So that's what we do. Uh, we, I have been working in the oil, uh, working in the oil and gas industry about, for about 21 years. Wow. And among them, 12 years I have been involved with uh, CO2 related work like a CO2 EOR to produce more oil and gas okay. and also a CO2 gas field to produce a CO2 gas for EOR. And the most recently couple of years I'm more involved with the uh, Carbon capture and storage, so purely to reduce the emission of a, of a CO2 from uh, from the manufacturing, from right, uh, right. from basically energy consumption. Yes.
0: Man, where are you putting this stuff? Is it right there where you're ma- where you're sk- like squishing and processing the corn and getting the ethanol out of it? Are you just like putting it right down, or does it have to go somewhere and go down? Like where?
1: there are many ways to do that uh, you hit the nail that uh, there's a, there's a, also a, a capture part where you capture the co2 and where you store the co2 can be sometimes it's, it's very close no, ideally, I right? ideally, ideally it would be nice but most of the time it's not most of the time you have to find a, a place where it's safe to store the co2 for long term um for uh, hundreds of years or even thousands of years and usually that's not right next to your backyard and sometimes people don't like to store the steel right at their backyard. So there's a transportation part of that. That's where the pipeline comes in.
0: Okay. So you're piping CO2 gas out of this uh, processing of ethanol and you're trying to get it somewhere where it can. Exactly. And it's got a good seal. It's got a lot of storage. It doesn't have anything that we want in there like oil or gas, or it's not a geothermal plate. That's pretty unique. uh, Yeah, that's pretty unique deal. So Uh, right now you're working where, where is this ethanol processing plant? Um,
1: the project working on mostly, uh, in North Dakota, in Northern part, but looking at other opportunities as well. How much
0: corn are they making up there?
1: Ah, uh, that's a great question. Actually, I'm more the I'm more the subsurface guy. So for me, uh, <laughs> I don't get involved with the, the making the ethanol the corn. I know they make a lot. I yeah. know they make a lot, but I'm more involved <laughs> with uh, with the wells, with the reservoir, with the man. logging, the monitoring, uh, the, the pipeline to
0: some extent. Yes. What a program! That's incredible, man. What a program! Uh, what is carbon?
1: What is carbon? I think, uh, well, that's that's a big question. How much time do we have?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me see, because you got to you, you still have to golf. Yeah, we got like 10 minutes and you got. So go. I'll
1: give you the short answer about that. I, I think carbon is an incredible uh, element, right? That's a well, that hydrocarbon uh, carbon is basically the, the most important part element of a, of a life.
0: Right. Right. All of
1: us, you and I, we um, our body are made from a carbon or some kind of elements associated with that. So uh, carbon is also associated with energy for the most part of human history, right? From burning wood, burning coal, burning natural gas, oil... Um, so Burning whales. Burning ben- whales. Whales has carbon as that's well. Right. Yeah, exactly. So carbon is 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 intrinsically is is a very natural part of a, of a human life and history and energy. Um, well, no, for now we we, we we burn we because we burn so much energy and we, we, we to improve the life of a human. And now we have a, a CO two emission issue. So that's where uh, carbon capture and storage come in mm-hmm. as one of the many tools we can use to remove the carbon from the atmosphere, to reduce the amount of carbon we put in the atmosphere so that we can continue using energy we have been using, right, without dramatically changing the style of of everybody, uh, and continue to provide energy at the same time reducing the the carbon emission. I have to say that, carbon capture storage has its place in decarbonization, but it has to work in conjunction with many other decarbonization technologies, like a wind and a solar, geothermal, right. nuclear. So we should have the all above approach to apply the technology, whatever makes sense for a particular situation. I see,
0: yeah, so you're in, you're sitting in high school and they're, they're at the question is, what energy is the best energy? A, oil and gas, B, just gas, C, geothermal, D, you're like, E, all of the above, man. We all gotta do the, this.
1: That's the only answer which will work. So if people tells you we can do solar and wind and just get rid of oil and gas all completely, that's probably not gonna happen. It's very if, unrealistic. Exactly. And, and the, I also see oil and gas people say, oh, the wind and solar, it will never work. Geothermal, right. it will never work. I think that's not true as well. Okay. I think a diversified uh, energy source is is good for energy industry. It's good for the uh, quality of life of everybody.
0: Right. Right on, man. This is cool, Zach. I'm really getting a kick out of this. You could have told me you were like 31 years old, and I would totally believe you. But you said you had 21 years experience. You got two master's degrees. I can't even imagine. Like, how old are you? I started
1: working at 15. Oh, wait a minute. I'm kidding.
0: (laughs) Damn it, Zach. I'm like, all right, this is, I get it. (laughs) He's 31. He's a savant. He's like, he just gets it. Damn it. All right, you got me. All right, we don't have to know your age. I was just thinking that in the back of my mind, like, golly, this guy's guy's good. Um, Have you heard of the process called serpentinization or the rock serpentinite?
1: I did hear about the rock serpentinite, but uh, I didn't quite understand it. Okay, tell me about it. Well,
0: uh, one of the things about serpentinite and the process of serpentinization is a massive methane release when that rock gets made. It's when the mantle, Hmm. the igneous mantle gets hydrated with seawater. So when it interacts with the water part of the planet, the igneous rocks get hydrated, specifically the peridotites, the Mm -hmm. ones that are olivine rich, which has carbon in it, which is interesting. And they're talking about how serpentinization actually could be this process that's the foundation to start life. Serpentinization and there's serpentinite everywhere. There's serpentinite under all the ocean floors, mm-hmm. all the continents have coughed up serpentinites from these ocean floors that are at the surface. They have kerogen in it, uh, it's a very interesting process. But I was talking to somebody about it and uh, carbon sequestration. He said there's a study that they started pumping CO2 down into a serpentinite and it started taking the CO2 really well. It Look, it, it, it could sequester the co2 really efficiently so you might start looking at serpentinites look for serpentinites
1: interesting interesting i did not know we're going to do a igneous petrography <laughs> please uh, in this podcast <laughs> nobody has told me that uh, although i did have to i did take a, a igneous rock photography class in my in my <laughs> graduate school yes. i hope dr snow will, will be proud of that i i, I remember some of that uh yes. well i i think it, i think you hit a good point is that i think if a Carbon capture and storage. Um, There's more than one way to do it. Um, The the way most commonly done is to put the CO2 in the deep saline aquifer because. because it's there, it's more available, it's relatively cheap yeah. to do it. And also another option is to put that in uh, depleted oil and gas reservoir or sometimes even mature oil and gas reservoir to sure. help to produce more oil. Perfect, right? Yeah,
0: bring yeah. CO2 yeah. over to my field, I'll take it all day.
1: In permanent basin, CO2 is actually a commodity. People want that in their oil field because That's they give right. them more oil. And I like to refer those oil produced uh, uh, through uh, capture CO2 e- EOR process as blue oil because that oil intrinsically is uh, carbon neutral or even carbon negative. So wow. back to the, the CO2 mineralization uh, question you have. I think that's probably one, one, one thing we need to look into. Uh, it's a little bit advanced uh, in terms of technology maturity-wise, yeah. uh, but it's definitely something we should look into uh, as a way of, a, of a basically storing carbon um, in a mineralization process. It has not been done in a wide scale as far as I'm understanding, uh, but I'm aware of that. Um, I'm, I'm following whoever does the pilot, whoever does the the, the, the trial for that. Uh, I think, hey, maybe in, in 20 30 years, we'll be all doing injecting uh, CO2 into igneous rock and try to, uh, try to uh, mineralize
0: that i yeah. think the byproduct was which was interesting was that it made dolomite so it it took co2 and then it started precipitating out dolomite which is mgc 3 mm-hmm. taken twice so there's a bunch it's a carbon sink right D- dolomite is a really good carbon sink it loves to just suck up oxygen and carbons like crazy S- MgCaCO 3 taken twice is dolomite Mm-hmm. so if you're pumping co2 down there and it's actually precipitating out a rock right and scale that's dolomite and it's it's turning it into a rock you don't have a leak and it, you don't have to worry about it leaking somewhere that's an inter- that's what yeah. i was kind of taking away from that
1: i think i think it, 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 it could potentially work i think it just needed to demonstrate any more research into let's that let's do yeah.
0: it let's yeah. do it serpentinites man i love them they're the coolest rocks how about graphene Graphene is going to change the whole game with uh, with battery technology, storage, and and transferring electricity. Graphene is it's unbelievable property.
1: Yeah, you, I think you you, you hit a, another topic is that the carbon capture utilization and storage, the U part, where
0: uh. where most
1: of the utilization currently goes to. Uh, I would say actually 95 or even more than that of a carbon co- CO2 goes to utilization. It goes to CO2 EOR to produce the oil. Ah. Um, but um, the rest, actually, a lot of them goes to produce soda we drink, Diet, diet Coke, yep. right? uh, or beer. Carbonate uh, our bellies, man. Exactly. But if people can find the other use of uh, capture CO2, um, produce graphite, produce cement, right? Uh, those could uh, dramatically improve the value of the capital CO2 and, and help us further reduce the, the, the carbon emission.
0: Right? Wow. So those are well, potentials. Right on, man. I'm excited to stay up with you, stay connected, and uh, hear more about what you're doing. Do you, li- do you like writing papers and you submit things like the AAPG, and do you present some of your research? Or how do I, how do I learn more from Zach Liu?
1: Uh, well, uh, there I did. I mean, I did write papers and present, and I attend conferences, giving talks, and oh, things right like that. On. Yeah, if you just search my name, CCUS, and it probably won't be too many exactly Liu doing CCUS. Right on, <laughs> right
0: on. Well, good luck with everything, sir. Thank you for joining the PB podcast.
1: Thank you, Choi. Really enjoyed talking to you. Likewise. Thank you for having me.
0: Likewise.